Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCred Pro, the strategic resource for B2B sales that fortifies your credibility and accelerates the trust building needed for building successful business relationships. Get your free seven-day trial now at salescred.com PRO. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Hey, Lee, you know, our uh, guest today, so pleasant and well-adjusted, and yet he says that overcoming addiction, depression, and anxiety is one of the things that led him to create an amazing virtual assistance company. I'm really interested to talk to him today. Yeah, sometimes uh, the the diamond, you know, is made by pressure, and overcoming that adversity and everything like that is really what separates the entrepreneurs that are successful from those who are not. So uh, we're going to learn a lot about that today, uh, along with, uh, you know, when we should consider offshoring versus hiring domestically and uh, Mm -hmm. some other great things then to help uh, help salespeople, help small businesses thrive, but also help managers of small business uh, grow their small businesses into larger businesses. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I am Audrey Strong. I'm Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I am the CEO and founder of SalesFuel. And so it's Justin Nelson. And I would say, Justin, you're our serial entrepreneur. I'm going to give you that title. I love it. I love Uh, it. I will take it. Founder and CEO of Sphere Rocket VA, an industry-leading virtual workforce company. Since 2020, Sphere Rocket has placed more than 5,000 virtual assistants, serving 1,500-plus growing small businesses. You started in real estate at age 17, running marketing, lead gen, inside sales. And after getting licensed, you became a top-producing agent. 320,000 in gross commissions the first year. Wow, ambitious. Uh, Using social media and marketing growth hacks. And then you started in 2019 coaching new and veteran agents to create leverage in their businesses. And then you saw the need for a service to help small business owners hire and effectively utilize virtual workers. And that was apparent to you. So Sphere Rocket was born. And so, but you say with all of that, what got us was the overcoming addiction, depression, and anxiety mm-hmm. and broken relationships along the way. That happens. I get it. But I mean, that's a big bowl of drama. But Absolutely. how did that <laughs> come to, you know, bring you where you are today, which is you've been smiling since you came into the Zoom room here. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think like a lot, lot of entrepreneurs, you know, when we first get into a business, whether it's a small business or a big business or whatever size of business, you know, it's something new. It's something that takes a lot of our hours, our time, our energy, our resources. And, you know, at 16, 17 years old, the only thing I really had to distract me was football or school or sports. And so girls, hey, girls, yeah, if I didn't have (laughs) exactly didn't have a lot of responsibilities. And so when I wanted to work 12, 16, 17 hour days, it was no problem because nothing was really relying on me outside of just what some small minuscule things. And so I carried that over into 18, 19, 20. I was like, I can work 16 hour days. I can push through this, I can beat my head against the wall, and I'll finally, you know, crack a deal, or I'll do XYZ. And what I didn't realize was, is I was comparing myself to those that had been in the industry 30 years, (sighs) you know, I'm like, Oh, man, they're doing 30 home sales a quarter, and I'm at two. And but I was able to get myself through that hard work of 12, 16 hour days at the same level they were. Um, But I did a lot of really bad comparison where I didn't look at the business structure. I didn't, I was just looking at the final big number on stage and 
Um, really, I, you know, I had a great work ethic, but I ended up crashing and burning because, you know, you can't sustain that for several years. And then I started to get into dating and, you know, trying to create a family and, you know, trying to actually spend some of the money that I had created. And when I looked around, I was like, well, there's no one really to spend this money with uh, because, you know, I haven't talked to friends in four years. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where, you know, it kind of came to a head and, you know, ultimately where I started using virtual assistants was when I was like, oh, everybody that makes a lot of money and has a good life at the same time, they have leverage. Mm-hmm. So you like, yeah, but they have balance. other people to do this, the kind of stuff that you really don't like doing yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are the top yeah. functions of virtual assistants? I mean, I, I imagine that I think what it does, but you're saying it can even reorder groceries out of my fridge. And that was new to me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, really at the definition, I always kind of start kind of nerdy, like a definition of a virtual assistant is any assistant that's virtual, right? So like 10 years ago, if you asked them what a virtual assistant was, someone maybe would have said Upwork or Fiverr or, you know, mm-hmm. someone overseas for a really low cost that I can do some mini projects for me, right? I send in an order, it comes back. And that's really what a majority of businesses have. However, when you look at large corporations like IBM, Uber, you know, Airbnb, they've been in the Philippines and outsourcing offshore for 20 plus years. I mean, my dad 25 years ago was outsourcing um, in the United States. And so really a virtual assistant is just someone that's virtual. And so I always say like, it doesn't have to be offshore to get a virtual assistant. You can have someone stateside that's a virtual assistant. I I, kind of jokingly say in 2020, when COVID hit, Everybody that had an in-person assistant, they all magically got a virtual assistant. You know, <laughs> um, they just happened to be a stateside virtual assistant. And so, you know, I, I like to say that really a virtual assistant can do anything that doesn't require a physical action and presence. And even then a virtual assistant can coordinate some of those physical things. So, you know, um, a virtual assistant for me helps me get my house cleaned. Now you're like, well, how's that possible? Well, they help, you know orchestrate the cleaner, make sure that they, that they actually showed up on time. You know, they log into my cameras, they orchestrate that the cleaner got paid, they orchestrate that the cleaner actually left my house at some time. And so, you know, all the way to the more typical ones, right, virtual assistants to help me with my social media management, my bookkeeping, my, you know, different things like that. So obviously, I know you mentioned earlier, we'll probably talk a little bit about like, why a virtual assistant offshore versus you know, onshore Mm -hmm. people. Uh, But overall, you know, a virtual assistant can do anything, you know, that doesn't require a physical presence. So how is the world of virtual assistants changing with the advent of AI? Because AI Mm -hmm. can also take over some of those tasks. And that's an even more virtual, virtual assistant. Yeah, absolutely. So like, let me give you a great example of this. Um, Like, like there's an AI out there called Opus AI, O-P-U-S. And if you took this recording today of our video and you plugged it in there, it's going to make you 50 to 100 short clips of our recording today. It will do everything. It will do the subtitles. It'll just make it look beautiful. And someone's like, well, does that replace your video editing team? Because I have a whole bunch of virtual assistants on my team that do our video editing, our social media. And the answer is, well, someone still has to hit the record button here. Mm -hmm. Someone still has to go plug that into the AI. Someone then has to take it out of the AI and download it out of the AI. And so I still have those virtual assistants on my staff. I still need them because it can't just happen on its own yet. But now I'm able to take that same person and do three to four times the amount of work. So for us, we're actually really embracing teaching our virtual assistants how to use AI. So that way they're smarter, can work faster, more efficient. 
Um, but at this point in time in AI, AI still needs a quarterback. Like I'm a big sports fan. Like it still needs someone to direct it and piece it together and, and, and take the output you get from it and do something with it. The Tennessee so. Titans need a quarterback too. <laughs> they do. They do. They definitely do. I, I have a question about this. If I'm yeah. a small business person and you want me to use a VA, I guess I wonder what my time spent is going to be managing it so that mm-hmm. it does properly versus if I just did it by myself, which is the yep. mindset of, you know, the sole proprietors and the small agencies and things like that. Yeah. So here's, here's what I say. I, I come from real estate. So whenever you go and buy a home, right? Like you're going to have to put out money out of your pocket. And the reason why you go and make a down payment, you're like, oh, I just spent 10 grand on a down payment in your bank account, you're going to feel negative. Like you're going to feel like you just lost money, but that's you're, you're sacrificing that initial lost money for a future equity gain, a future, you know, investment. It's the same thing with time and, and really VAs or employees or in-person staff. Like if you're used to kind of doing it all on your own, it's going to feel negative at the start, right? You're going to feel like you're doing and showing someone things that you could have just knocked out already. But what I have to look at is, sure, could I order my own groceries? Yes. Is me showing my VA how to do it the first time going to take me half an hour? Yes. However, (laughs) how many half an hours times 12 months did I save if they finally get it and nail it? And so um, someone I admired in the real estate world by the name of Tim Heil, he always says, leverage requires you to take two steps backwards to go eight forward. The problem Mm. with that with most people is, is we're not patient enough or the business is so much on us to do the lead gen and the closing that taking those two steps backwards hurts our income. And we just really tighten up and we go, all right, I'm not going to leverage anymore. I'm just going to go back to doing lead gen and trying to close more sales and more deals. Um, and we don't take that step back. Mm-hmm. And so you, you said there's an exercise that you can do with a GoPro that mm-hmm. is a, a tip <laughs> that you have. Okay. So uh, let's say I, okay, I'm, I'm Audrey little yep. LLC and I'm buying what you're selling. So how do I know what I want my virtual assistant to do? How do I, what is this exercise that yep. I do to, that I know what I want it to do? Absolutely. So okay. I, I, so the exercise breaks things into three categories. So the exercise is kind of fun. It's a little extreme. So I don't expect everybody to do this, but you can still do a <laughs> yeah, version a of it. A little bit. Yeah, yeah you can still do I'm a version. Because I know what's coming. <laughs> so what I did originally when I kind of had this, I had an extreme coach and she was like, hey, just strap a GoPro to yourself for two weeks, record everything you do. And then we're going to watch all the footage and fast forward motion. And we're just going to see where you're wasting time. And so, you know, and a great example of this is I'd wake up in the morning, wake up. And the first thing my GoPro would capture was I would be scrolling on my phone on Facebook and I was heartened, interacting, you know, liking, commenting. And at the time I was in real estate. So on Facebook, I had 5,000 friends. They all lived in my city. I was just trying to keep my name out in front of them and, and stay in contact. And it was taking me on average about 42 and a half minutes to do that. And it was, it was good. It had a good ROI, but then I realized, and she said, Hey, if you got a VA from the Philippines for $3 an hour to log into your Facebook every morning, they can log in at 7.30 a.m. and they can heart interact and comment on everything as if they're you. Now, obviously I'm extreme. Some people are like, well, I want it to be me and things like that. But for Mm -hmm. me, I was willing to give up that task. And so now I knew that with that 30, 45 minutes in the morning that I saved, I could do whatever I wanted to with it. I could work more. I could work out. Um, I could spend it with relationships. Like I don't have kids right now, but if I had kids, I would have spent that 45 minutes, maybe more with my kids. So you kind of get to choose what you replace it with. But that exercise really brings to the forefront of the three buckets, which is what we teach. The first bucket is the, the, the GoPro showed me things that I am doing and I love to do 
but should not be doing, you know? So for example, in real estate is I was running open houses and I love designing the flyers. I loved making them pretty and look good. But my coach is like, Hey, you are way smarter and you are way more efficient at closing deals than you are designing a flyer. Like, Let's get someone at three, four dollars an hour to do it, or you know, even an in-person assistant. Like you can have someone at 12, 15, 20 do it, and it's still gonna be a better use of your time. So the first bucket is things I'm already doing and love to do, but shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's bucket number one. Now let's let's be clear. There are some things that I shouldn't be doing and I love doing that I still do just because it's my business and I'm gonna keep doing it, right? Um, so that's bucket mm-hmm. number one is things I'm doing and love, but shouldn't be doing. The second bucket is things that I'm doing that I hate. Um, you know, so an example of this was my accounting at the end of each day, I, I just, I wouldn't keep up with my numbers. I wouldn't keep up with my receipts. And so, you know, an example that the GoPro showed is I just kept throwing away receipts or leaving them at the restaurant table. So now I just take a picture of it. That was a task for the assistant to go, Oh, I'm going to go into Justin's photos every day and look for receipts, storage them, put them in their months, get into the accountant, et cetera. So again, the, so the second bucket is things I am doing but that i don't like doing or that i'm inconsistent nobody likes doing that can i just say (laughs) no one likes doing it uh... (laughs) and then the third and then the third bucket was probably the one against most people it's the things that i'm not doing that i know that i should be doing and so so she read it she's like justin uh you just closed 10 deals last month um did you call any of those people 30 days later and be like hey we love you you need anything from us like thank you for your business and I was like, oh, no, I'm not. So she's like, hey, I just know your personality. You're probably never going to do that. But if you love your people and you want referrals and you want them to stay top of mind, let's just have your VA do it. Let's get you a great person that sounds great on the phone. Let's have them love on those people forever and ever. So now after a year, you got 120 people in your database that you closed. Well, now I got someone calling them every single month going, hey. Justin just wanted me to check in on you. Justin just wanted me to check on, in mm-hmm. on you. So um, that's the extreme exercise I think you guys are referring to. So interesting. Audrey mentioned in the open that you use a lot of social media hacks to help grow your business. I'm kind of curious about like what are some of the best ones that you used and, and, yeah. and maybe you could pass those along. Yeah. So one of the best ones I do with my virtual assistants is um, I have them, like I said, I have them go through every single day and they like and interact with everything. And some people are like, well, that's kind of impersonal, Justin. How do you keep up with people? Like how do, if you see Audrey in person and you commented something, how do you not get crisscrossed or get caught that someone else was doing it for (laughs) you? And so one of the things that we love to do is we love to be super personalized, right? So for example, my VAs after this, after a podcast like this, they'll go on your page, Audrey, you know, your page Lee, and they'll look you up, they'll interact with you. And now what they're going to be looking for for the next 90 days is they're going to be looking for any big moments in your life that you post about, right? Like if you get a big guest on your podcast or you have a big win in your business or you know you're you're promoting a new product like my VA is going to take that screenshot put it in a folder that I get to read every single week and now it takes my 5000 friends and all the things and it takes the things that are most important to me right now and it puts them in a smaller condensed version. Now I can create a deeper relationship with you guys, you know, whether it's me like, oh, now I know more about what sales fuel does. I can refer you clients, you know, that could benefit from your product. And so now it just kind of starts creating symbiotic relationships um, that way. And so I'd say that's probably the biggest one. Um How many photos do you get in a week to review? Uh, usually about 200. Oh, wow. um, okay. But, but, but again, it, it could be people's like, Hey, you know, some of them is like, Hey, Jerry's dad died. And I'm like, okay, I don't even know Jerry. So like, I'm not going to send Jerry a gift yeah. or a condol. So it, it's really fast. I just kind of drag and drop, but it kind of works like on a Trello board. I just go, we're not going to do anything with that. Not going to do anything. 
And then I, and then I drag it into different categories. Like one's like a condolence card section. Okay. Let's send a card. Now, as soon as I drag it over into that section, the VA is actually the one that's going to go and create mm -hmm. the card, get it sent off and do all of that. So it takes, it takes what's normally a few hour task into two minutes. I'm guessing you use the same VAs over and over again because they know you as opposed to just using random ones. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's one thing Sphere Rocket specializes in is when we give someone a virtual assistant, they're working for that person full time. You know, it's a 40 hour a week gig. So it's 640 bucks a month, roughly. So for me, every time I bring on a VA, they're only coming onto my staff when they're full time. I mean, sometimes positions are part time if I really need someone part time and there's options for that. But yeah, I mean, that VA is working for me solely. Um, which kind of leads me to like what we're doing here. Like my VAs, you can't see it in my office because I'm at my home office, but I have a screen in my office and my VA team, they're not just a team that I just send things to and get things back. Like my 10 VAs that I work with closely, I have about a hundred on my personal team. The 10 that I work with closely every single day, they just sit on a Zoom room all day with me. It, it feels oh, wow. like we're at the office. If we feel they're, like we're at they're the holding office. up a card to you right now and saying, Hey, don't forget, mention the website. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's like, if you guys were like, Hey, Justin, send me a headshot, I could literally look over here and I could go, Hey, Michelle, can we send a headshot? Like, they're like, if you, you got it, if when you use VAs, you have to make it feel like it's an office environment and they have to be sitting That's there with tip. you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They have to be sitting there with you eight to five. Too many people go, Oh, my VA didn't work. Cause I sent them an email and they didn't respond for two hours. And then, and then they send an email back and then you don't respond because you're busy as a business owner. You just spent eight hours paying them eight hours and you got like two messages back and forth. Like, my my 10 VAs are all in a group chat on Facebook Messenger. We use Slack. We They're on video all day with me. So you have to treat them like they're on your team full time and not just a Fiverr or an Upwork where you're just putting in an order. Like they're truly fully integrated team members of yours. We Our remotes here, we line up the office hours with the mothership in the Eastern time zone. Yep. So for example, when I was based in Denver, I worked seven to three because that yep. was nine to five. So the, getting them on the same work hours, even if they're overseas, uh, is mandatory, right? And we have an employee in Taiwan or whatever. And so mm -hmm. it's like, we know if we want to include him, we have to have meetings in the morning yep. even mm -hmm. because he's still awake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. absolutely. And, and, and VAs can be from anywhere, right? Like if you get VAs from South America, because you're because really the only reason why you would really go overseas with virtual assistants, and this is what we specialize in, is if you're trying to reduce costs, right? If you have a gajillion dollars in your budget and you can afford to hire everybody in the US, absolutely. Like, like, why wouldn't you? But in the Philippines, you know, you can get the same level of talent just for a reduced cost. And so I say that to say in the Philippines, like all of our team works on our schedule. So I overpay a little bit and our organization overpays. So that mm -hmm. way they work that they're working their night shift our daytime. So, so that it lines up perfectly. Okay. Well, let me, let me, let me drill down on that for a second. So why would it be better to, than to hire people from the U.S. versus offshore if you could afford it? Yeah, so that's a great question. So I'm a little biased to the virtual assistants because I think people, you know, in the Philippines and my team work harder than 99% of US space labor. Um, so I truly believe that. But at the same time, like, I think it comes down to to what you want. If you want that in-person environment, you want to walk into an office and physically shake the hands of 20 people um, that are, you know, and you want to have group huddles in there and you want to high five someone and that's your personality and how you want your business run. Um, and you just want people to be able to walk into the door of your business if you're retail and just be able to talk to someone and shake their hand. I mean, I think that's always a better option if you can do that, right? But now we're in a new virtual world. I think a lot of people are going to be really, and this is what we specialize in, hybrid 
right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's what we are. That's what we, that's what we are. I still have 10 to 20 US based staff at any given time, but then we hybrid it with a virtual, uh, you know, a, a staff. A lot of times when people think virtual assistants, they think the companies are just trying to offshore, right? Like right. we think there's a big difference between taking a corporation, making a lot of money and trying to reduce costs and just deleting everybody and taking it overseas. Um, and that's a lot different than, you know, there, there's companies that exist like that, that purely offshore, they come into a corporation, wipe everybody out and replace it overseas. That's not really what I love to do. That's not really what we do at all. It's our job is to help the small business owner and really of any size go from, Hey, I have three people now, but we want to hire more in the U S eventually, but my next hire, I need a marketing manager, but I'm not ready for a $75,000 a year salary. Mm-hmm. Let's start with a $10,000 a year marketing manager in the Philippines. And let's bridge that gap to get there because that marketing manager in the Philippines can make you an extra hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year if you do it right through social media and things like that. Or the, yeah. the, the marketing manager that you hire for seventy thousand dollars is complaining. There's not enough hours in the day. Is like yep. you know, whatever. It's like okay, let, let's get you some help. You know? Exactly, exactly. Well, and it, and the other thing is, if you have like really awesome employees, instead of having to try and hire another one to do their same position allow them and equip them to be leaders, right? Equip that person to be like, awesome. I pay you 75 a year and you're awesome. And you're telling me you're out of time. Let's teach you leadership skills to grow you in our company. And let me give you a virtual assistant or two or three. And you start leading your own mini team. And as you guys know, as you start growing a company, if you can have little mini teams being grown, within your organization, it relieves you as the CEO from having to do everything. Mm-hmm. And it just creates much more momentum. Um, in your this business. is all super interesting and a lot of good ideas and things I never thought of. It's sphererocketva.com. And how do you want people to reach out to you? Yeah. So the best way um, to reach out to us is actually going to hireleverage.com. We give discounts for those on podcasts. Uh, so H-I-R-E leverage.com. Um, and those all go to me directly. So I could chat with anybody that wants to learn a little bit more about VAs. Um, you know, virtual assistants are my passion that I stumbled into. I always get the question, how did you start a VA company in the Philippines? Like it came from real estate, it came from watching mm-hmm. uh, people fail. And, you know, if I'm being honest with you guys now, my passion is not as much VAs. And what I mean by that, like my passion now is watching the mom get to go to her kid's soccer game because someone's making her Facebook post for her, right? Or, or watching the dad get to go to his, his daughter's choir concert because he's not having to stay an extra hour to do his bookkeeping. Like that's my passion now. And the passion is just facilitated. And most people can get some of that time back to spend it and not make the mistakes I made or fix the mistakes they've made in the past by, you know, leveraging out, you know, other people's time. And the spear and spear rocket is like the thing, new thing in Las Vegas. Yeah, spear. yeah, yes. yeah. It's actually I got a funny story about that. If we have ten seconds, I sure. was in Vegas for a conference two weeks ago, and we were standing in the Mandalay Bay, and all of our team had spear rocket shirts on, and so people kept asking us if we were giving tours of the spear. <laughs> and so they're on the wrong was, end of the strip for that. The spear's on the other end of the strip. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, that's on the north side, and they're like, what? And I was like, so because no one knows what spear rocket is by itself so uh <laughs> well, thanks it. for coming on the show this has been Absolutely. great justin congrats on the business great stuff I appreciate it. thank you thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please rate and recommend on itunes overcast or wherever you get your podcasts you can also get more great information at salesfuel.com
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.